If you can work the hours and take good care of your cows, number one, you have to take excellent care of your cows. Good quality feed and, and make sure they're comfortable and they will pay you back every time. Some good advice for young people who want to get into the dairy business by Lyman Rogers, a partner in Rogers Registered Jerseys of Attica, New York. He's this week's guest on the Young Farmer Podcast. I'm Chris Torres, your host and editor of American Agriculturist Magazine. Thank you for listening. Lyman and his wife, Chelsea, run a 180-head farm in partnership with Chelsea's parents. They've been farming since 2013. Like many dairy farmers, it hasn't been an easy road for the young couple. Last month, the strains of the COVID-19 pandemic on their small dairy cooperative forced them to start dumping 10% of their milk production. Still, the couple are focused on making it in the business through being efficient and trying to put a positive message out there for consumers. You know, I, I want somebody to be able to come in here and think, you know, this is, this is where I want my milk produced. And with that, please enjoy my conversation with Lyman Rogers. Hey, Lyman, how's it going? Good, how are you today? Hey, doing pretty good. Where are you talking from? I know you're not talking from your from your living room. No, I'm actually sitting out in front of the barn in my pickup watching the cows. <laughs> How many cows do you have? Uh, we're milking about 180 uh, plus all our dry cows and young stock. Uh, just shy of 300 total. All registered jerseys? Uh, just about. A few crossbreds here and there, but uh, about 95% registered jerseys. You know, I was looking on your, I was looking on Facebook, and that's where I discovered, um, that's where I discovered your farm that you own with uh, Chelsea and also um, a couple partners. We'll get into that later, but um, you know, I, I read a Facebook post that you put on there. I think it was May sixteenth, maybe, that um, that you were still dumping milk, and uh, you know, I think a lot of people feel like, well, you know, I think that there's 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 this after that whole entire. After what happened in late March and April, with a lot of milk being dumped, I think there was like this feeling like everything was gonna that was getting better. No more milk was being dumped, but here you are dumping in the middle of May. Are you guys still dumping milk? Uh, yeah. So we we've been dumping milk since the fifteenth of May. Um, basically, we took what we shipped in March and then had to cut by ten percent of our March production. And that's what we were allowed to ship from May 15th to uh, May 30th, or 31st, rather. And so then now June 1st to June 30th, we are shipping 95% of March's production. And anything over that will dump. And then as of July 1st, at this point in time, our co-op is going to allow us to go back to 100% production. Uh, so it's not super long-lived, but uh, uh, still still a uh, a little bit challenging situation how are you dealing with that i mean is it just is it just a matter of just you know just adjusting your rations i mean how are you cutting back in production uh so mostly what we did is is we our barn has been full since about march we've been right full about 20 percent over overcrowded which is kind of where we want to be uh, operating so we had a number of cows that we had on the do not breed list uh cows with either poor udders or or um not a great re- track record as far as reproduction goes. Um, so we actually uh, called heavily there and reduced our cow numbers with those cows that were were terminal cows as far as the dairy industry is concerned. Um, and actually sold just about every single one of them as shares of beef to, to local consumers. I, I think we shipped two 
to the local auction barn, but the rest of them we all were able to ship or sell rather as shares to local local consumers. Oh, good for you. So I'm assuming you got more than what you got at the auction barn. Yes, yeah, we did. We did much better that way. Um, we were able to to gross uh, about twelve hundred dollars a cow, which is about five times what we would make at the auction barn, and it's still about somewhere between sixty and seventy percent of what a consumer would have paid for finished beef at the at the grocery store. Oh, that's remarkable. Well, good for you. That was a good move. I, I'm honestly, I was, I was quite astonished. We we had a post. I had a post on my personal Facebook page that we had, you know, we had to cut back and we had some cows that we needed to sell, and the orders, just the onslaught of of messages and calls was was way more than I was prepared for, but I was pleasantly surprised at the interest people had for local beef um, and, and local products. Did you have to do anything else? Besides the calling, did you have to do anything else to get that to get that production down? Uh, so we had been buying milk replacer for our calves um, instead of using whole milk. So we switched back to feeding whole milk to our calves, which uses about 300 pounds a day, uh, which equates to about, about 2% of what we needed to cut back. So that helped some. We also started raising... Or, started raising our bull calves to a, an older age. Usually we would keep them for about a week, but now we're keeping them two to three weeks because the milk is either going to get dumped or fed to something. So we figured if we're going to dump the milk anyways, we might as well raise the calves for a couple of weeks and get a little more out of them when we sell them. Um, so we've used the milk that way. And we also raised our weaning age on our heifer calves. Our heifer calves traditionally have always been weaned on week eight. Uh, and now we've pushed that to about week 10 uh, just to try to use a little bit more milk that way. And then, uh, and we still dump, I don't know, right now we're dumping between five and 800 pounds every other day. Um, but I don't want to get any closer than that to our production limit. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to cut back so much that we aren't shipping as much as we can i'd rather dump a little bit just to have a little bit of margin for error if you will yep interesting so lyman tell me a little bit about the cooperative that you ship to because you're you're a member of a pretty small cooperative up there right so we're a member of west coal uh cooperative uh there's 19 members here uh in in wyoming county and uh livingston county and i believe erie county as well and all of our milk goes directly to Sorrento Lactalis, and uh, and we work directly with Sorrento on all of our sales. So it goes for cheese, goes for, sounds like, mozzarella cheese? Yes, the majority is, is mozzarella cheese. Uh, you know, they do a few other 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 products there at at Sorrento. Um, but yes, the majority of our milk is, is mozzarella cheese. And the majority of Sorrento's products are bulk packaged for the retail, or not retail, rather wholesale uh, pizza shops, restaurants. Do you get any ice cream out of that deal? There's nothing like Jersey ice cream with all that butter fat. Uh, we, we have not gotten any ice cream, but we did get each member received, oh, they gave us about 35 pounds worth of mozzarella, brie, and provolone cheeses that we all were able to kind of disperse amongst our family members and freeze. And so we've got Large amount of cheese frozen <laughs> for 
the foreseeable future. And, and Serrano is really good about, you know, holidays and, and, and annual meetings and things. They always give us large samples. Um, and so we get, get some pretty good cheese out of the meal. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and, uh, and how you ended up at, uh, how you ended up at Rogers, registered jerseys? Uh, yeah. So my wife and I met in high school and we, well, we started dating the year I graduated. So I went off to college and she was still, uh, she was a sophomore in high school starting her junior year when we started dating. So she was in high school for two years yet while I was at college. Then I got done at college at Morrisville, my associates in 2013. She was heading off to college at that time. And at that time, I was working full-time for Boxler Dairy Farm, managing their calf and heifer program. And the summer of 2013, Chelsea and I and her parents discussed the possibility of starting to milk cows here on her home farm. Uh, where Chelsea grew up. At the time, they were raising beef steers and uh, custom boarding heifers for another dairy. And uh, so we took the steers that used to be housed in the old tie stall barn, and we gutted the stalls in the barn, put sand stalls in, and put a pipeline in and a small tank and started milking 23 cows December of 2013 and kind of been a whirlwind, whirlwind from there. Tell me about your expansion. I mean, how, how did that expansion work out for you? Uh, so we started with those 23 cows the first winter, and throughout the first summer, we got up to about 30 cows. And we had a couple from central New York that had a partnership that was dissolving, and they owned the cows. And they didn't want to sell the cows. They were just looking for somebody to lease them. But that time, we took another 30 cows and put them in the tie stall barn. So we were milking about 60 in the winter of December, December of 2014. And so we milked 60 cows through the tie stall that was set up, was set up with only 23 pipeline stalls. So we were switching three times. Basically we'd milk one set, run them outside, switch another set, run them outside, switch another set, run them outside, and then bring them all back in and tie them up. Uh, so we were doing that twice a day for, uh, the winter, and then that following spring of 2014, we cut back the number of heifers we were custom boarding, uh, renovated the free stalls to sand bedded free stalls, and put all the cows out there, and turned the tie stall into a flat barn parlor. And how much, shortly thereafter, how much, how much room were you able to gain through that? Uh, so the the free stall barn held about 180 cows. Um, but we only had 60 at that time. So then we leased another herd of cows, which got us up to about 120 plus dry cows and pregnant heifers took up the rest of the space in the free stalls. And we were using the old tie stallers, a flat barn parlor. And that was the summer of 2015. And July 4th weekend of 2015, we broke ground on a new parlor and calving pack addition. Uh, we built a homemade double 10 parallel parlor uh, with rapid exit and a calving pack on the end of the parlor and then retrofitted the old tie stall to raise our young stock in. What's a calving pack? Um, uh, so we put all of our close-up cows, anybody that's within three weeks of calving goes on that pack so we can monitor them and watch them so when they have their calf, we can care for their calf and, and uh, 
and care for the mother and, and get her back in the milking string and, and get the calf uh, in a in her own individual, individual hutch so that she can uh, be raised as a replacement in our herd. Well, that's a pretty rapid expansion. Yes, yeah. Basically, we went from 23 to 180 in about three years, two and a half to three years. Did you expect to move that fast? Uh, not not really. Things kind of just took off. Um, kind of what what drove the expansion was the the custom heifer raising business. Uh, the the need for somebody to raise heifers was dwindling, and we had stalls and space and a milk market, and so naturally we filled the stalls and and uh, and it kind of just grew from there. And then we were actually hiring somebody to raise our heifers, our pregnant heifers, because we didn't have enough space once we were milking a full barn of cows to raise all of our young stock anymore. Mm-hmm. So in August of 2018, we broke ground on a brand new freestall barn. Um, and in December of 2018, we moved into that barn and brought all of our heifers home. So now that's why we're raising uh, all of our own young stock again, uh, because we built built another additional freestall for the milk cows. So as I understand it, so so the the farm itself is a partnership. Uh, so there's a partnership between uh, my wife and I and her parents. So we, my wife and I, do the majority of the operations on a day to day basis. Uh, her father still works here full time, does most of the heifer barn cleaning and, and manure hauling, and uh, her mother actually works off the farm and is a partner in uh, Merley Maple Farm just down the road. Okay. Um, so that keeps her busy and uh, keeps us busy up here on the farm. How's that? How's that partnership working out? Uh, it works out really well. Um, Chelsea's parents were kind of re- ready to step back and 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 allow us kind of to do our own thing. So it's worked really well for her and I to to kind of run the business the way that we want to, kind of free reign almost, um, which has been really awesome. But we've also got them to kind of kick ideas around and, and you know, keep us from making any huge mistakes, which is really helpful. Uh, so Chelsea's parents still own all the real estate and – Chelsea and I own the operating entity and are in the process of buying the equipment right now uh, with plans to uh, purchase the real estate in the coming years. Okay, down the road a little bit. Right. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, in a state like New York where the land value is so expensive, um, we're getting farmland is so expensive, this was, it sounds like this was, this was a really, um, and of course, you have to have that relationship with your with your father-in-law, and you have to have a good relationship with your with your relatives. That's probably important, um, you know. Um, but it sounds like a sounds like a the the setup was pretty successful for you thus far. It's it's been you know it's had its up and downs, but uh, we really pride ourselves in being as efficient as we can be with the cows and with the land, and uh, and trying to keep our cost of production as low as possible. Um, and and you know I feel that we've done a pretty good job of doing that. And you're building some equity. Yes, yeah, we're you know we're building equity in the cattle. Um, that's one struggle that we've had was originally early on we leased so many cows that we didn't own that many cows in the barn, so our equity wasn't very high. 
Um, but we've since started to grow our numbers uh, dramatically in the cow numbers. So our equity grows a little every year, and and within I would say five to five to seven years, we should have enough equity to uh, be able to buy the real estate from her in-laws uh, if they're ready at that at that time. Um, and and some of that is tax implications on their end, right? That there's there's limits to what we can be purchased in a certain amount of time. Sure. How many acres are we looking at? Uh, so we would be looking at purchasing. There's about 150 acres that is goes along with this farm. Um, we do rent. We rent a fair amount of land, um, but we'd be purchasing about 150 at that time. Okay. How many? <clears throat> excuse me. How many? How many acres of of land do you actually farm? Uh, so we're farming about 500 acres. About 220 of that is corn. Um, 120 of that goes to silage corn, and the other 100 uh, goes to our own grain corn. So we do combine and dry all of our own grain for the cows as well. And then the balance of the acreage, the other 275 is hay and a little bit of wheat for our straw. Okay. Do you do any Do you do any pasturing or anything? Uh, so all of our young stock... Uh, up until breeding age is out on pasture. We've got uh, got one small paddock right behind the house that we live in that our uh, weaned calves, our three-month-old calves, go into. Uh, then we've got two other small paddocks for our our six to six to ten-month-old heifers and our our four to four to five-month-old heifers go in. How long have you been? How long have you been with Westco? Have you have you always been with with this cooperative? Yeah. So we started working with Westco right at the beginning. Um, you know, when I was first kind of searching for a milk market and trying to decide what to do, uh, you know, we talked with Upstate and we talked with DFA and we talked with Westco. And with milking jerseys, Westco has a, a awesome protein premium program. And and majority of that is because it's going to Sorrento and, and they want the protein for the cheese, of course. So it made the most sense to work with them. And being a small co-op, they're real friendly and really easy to work with and just it was just a real good fit for us and we've been really happy with them you know the entire time that we've been working with them and like i said we had to cut back our production this spring because of COVID 19 but thankfully serrano and westco have worked really hard to be able to market all of the product and and our cutbacks aren't going to be long-lived so we're thankful for that and we're thankful that Westco has worked as hard as they have to get us back up and running at a more normal capacity. Right. Did you grow up on a dairy farm? I did. So my parents were dairy farming until uh, about 2007. Unfortunately, uh, financial struggles kind of uh, put a kibosh to that. Um, But we did keep a handful of cows at a neighboring dairy that ultimately... A couple generations down the road were some of the cows that we started with here on this dairy. So we do still have some lineage that go back to when my parents were milking cows, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty awesome. What do your parents do now? Uh, so my father is semi-retired, but does have a small livestock operation out in eastern New York. And, uh, and my mother is a full-time 
uh, custodial supervisor at Attica High School and actually has about two years left before she's ready to retire and uh, I think live the good life as a grandmother, I think, is her plan. Yeah, because uh, I hear that, that you and Chelsea are expecting your first one? We are. We're expecting our first one uh, September 19th. Um, so we're we're starting the adjustments that that will that will bring to our day to day life, um, which certainly will be. Chelsea's Chelsea's here sitting in the truck with me, listening to me talk right now, and and she's she's my right hand, and I swear someday she's half of my left hand. So I, I don't know. I think I'm going to be a little bit a little bit uh, tied up this fall while she's um, help while we're trying to care for our newborn baby. Um, but we look forward to the challenge and, and are very excited for uh, our next next endeavor, if you will. Well, take it from me, somebody who has three of them. Um, make sure you get enough sleep. Bank some sleep before you before you dive in. Is that how that works? Can I bank it ahead of time? <laughs> no, you really can't. But <laughs> somebody told me that they were like, "Bank your sleep. Bank your sleep now, because you're going to lose a lot of it." And uh, you know, no, no, you can't do that. <laughs> Well, so just... we've we've discussed a little bit. Uh, I've got one. Uh, I mean, one part... ne- never say never. Maybe you can. Maybe some scientist out there knows how to do that. Yeah, uh, I maybe don't, maybe though. somebody could figure that out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess uh, they're gonna they're gonna make millions if they can figure out a bank sleep. I think. <laughs> but uh, we've we've talked with with my mother and, and Chelsea's mother. And I think, uh, between the two of them and, and they've got one part-time girl that, that is really looking forward to pick up, picking up more hours, you know, we'll, we'll make some adjustments around the farm. And, and as soon as our little one's, uh, big enough and, and, and it's not winter. So basically by next spring, uh, we should be able to have the little one out here with us, whether that's riding with me, you know, feeding cows and doing spring tillage or, or be bopping around with Chelsea while she's working with calves or whatnot. Um, sure. Sure. The little one will be out with us on a day-to-day basis. What's your philosophy for, for raising, for raising your dairy cattle and milking? What, 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 what's your philosophy behind, you know, everything that you do? What are your goals? Uh, so one of the biggest things that we push is we want everybody to be as comfortable as possible. And we want to house them in a manner that, you know, if somebody walked in here, they're never going to be like, wonder why we do something the way we do. And they can always look at a cow and say, wow, you know, she looks really good or look at the calves and they're dry and they're clean. And and we want to do that in the most efficient manner possible, but always looking at the animal welfare side as well. So if you look at our milk cow barn, uh, we put a lot of emphasis on stall sizing, uh, deep sand beds and fans to do everything we can to keep them comfortable when it's hot and when it's cold. And same with our heifers, trying to keep fans on them. And, and our girls are outside on pastures, got plenty of water access and shade for when it's hot and then lots of grass. Um, and just trying to just generally do the best job we can for them and, and, and put on a, a very positive, put out a very positive message for the consumer. You know, I, I want somebody to be able to come in here and think, you know, this is, this is where I want my milk produced. Do you get a lot of consumers out? I mean, do, do you actually welcome people out in the farm? Uh, we do. We love, we love to have people come out. Um, we different times we've had 
uh, different people come out. Um, we actually hosted uh, a Sorrento and uh, one of the largest cheese buyers, mozzarella cheese buyers in uh, the northeast out to the farm um, last summer. And that was that was a quite the experience to have them come out and look around the dairy and, and see what we really do out here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we we're honored, honored to have that opportunity and, and any chance we get, you know, if somebody says, Hey, you know, we want to come out to the dairy, you know, if they want to come out and look around and, and see what we do here, uh, we'll, we'll take them in a heartbeat. What's the key to making this partnership work between, between you and your wife and, and, and her parents? Communication is, is kind of the big one. You know, we got to kind of always, everybody's got to know what the plan is and what, what we're doing next. And and everybody kind of knows where their area is and what what they need to do to make sure things run smoothly. You know, I mean, Chelsea manages um, the calves and heifers and, and vaccination protocols, and, and you know, I just leave her to it. And I don't, you know, to be completely honest, if you ask me who's vaccinated, who's not, what's what, I'm going to give you a blank stare because I. Uh, I don't know. I guess I could go look in the computer and figure it out. But she she knows what's going on there, and and uh, you know Chelsea's father does does all the manure hauling and uh, a lot of the equipment maintenance, and and that's kind of his area, and and he keeps keeps things the way he needs to there, and and I manage the the repro on the cows and and all the feeding and and a lot of the crops, and we kind of just don't micromanage each other. Um, you know, just let everybody do their thing. You know, if you've got a question or concern, you have to feel that you can and can voice that. But but as long as you have trust in your partners, just let them do their thing. And and for us, it works works really well that way. And who does the milking? Do you guys just you know do you guys just split milkings in, or how do, how does that work? Uh so so every morning. Uh, we've got one full-time guy that milks with Chelsea in the morning while I feed. And then between Chelsea and I and a couple part-time people and our one full-time guy, we, we juggle the other two shifts a day uh, around, and that works out really pretty well. You know, everybody gets – Chelsea and I don't generally take mornings off every week. Uh, you know, if we've got something that come up, we'll we'll shuffle things around so we can take a morning off. Um, but – all of our employees and anybody else that wants some time off can get it when they need it. And we just kind of shuffle things around to make that work. And how many employees do you have? Uh, so we've got, like I said, I've got our one full-time guy, and then we've got four part-time people. And the part-time hours, it's eight to eight hours to 20 hours a week. It's basically whatever they want. They're high, high school kids that, you know, if they want, 20 hours a week milking, they'll get 20 hours a week. If they only want to work two shifts for a little bit of gas money, then they work two shifts, whatever. You know, we kind of, we want everybody to be able to do what they want to do on their own time. So if somebody wants to work a few shifts here and there, we, we do our best to kind of juggle around around those schedules. That's great. So, you know, we've got one, one girl that's been with us for, oh, two and a half years now. She was just just 14 when she started and she was in the band and FFA and swam. So, you know, there'd be times in the year when she may only have time to milk one weekend shift and that was fine. And then like now this summer she's here 
and she's learning how to run skids here picking rocks, and she wants to learn how to do more equipment work. She took her tractor safety course and is really diving in, and and uh, I think now this fall she's gonna pick up a lot of hours doing a lot of what Chelsea did, and if that's if she wants more hours doing that, she'll she'll get all she wants, and we kind of just juggle juggle things around that way. You're a young couple, and you're managing young kids on this farm. Yeah, it's 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 not always easy. Mm-hmm. We've got a pretty good relationship with the kids that are working for us. Um, you know, we know them really well, and and it has worked out um, very well for us. And then my brothers, my younger brothers, are very active when it comes to uh, crop season and equipment season. I can I can generally always call them, and if they're not at work or after work, I can throw them in a tractor and and get what we need to get done done yeah the reason i ask that is because you know of course most you know this i mean a lot of dairy farmers struggle to get labor and uh you know and it seems like you have you have uh you have a good labor force there with some of these young kids that are that are in school we we have been fairly very lucky that way you know we do we do worry a little bit once uh once the kids that we've got now you know are head off to college or, or on to bigger and better things what what'll be next, but we'll, uh, you know, I guess we'll cross that bridge when, when we come to it. So what's the future for the farm? I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a, you know, you guys have done a wonderful job and pretty young and and you've, and you've grown a really nice business, but what are your future goals? I mean, besides, besides what you're doing now, long-term, I mean, what, what what do you guys want to get into? Um, So the new barn that we built, we built, with an insulated ceiling and we set it up so it's ready for robots. So it's got alley scrapers in it already. A lot of it's automated. Uh, there's an automated feed pusher. And so definitely more towards the automation. Um, you know, everything is basically set up so we could pull out a few stalls in the center of the barn and plop either two or four robots in and, and milk cows that way. Um, and so the, the automation thing really intrigues us. And the other thing that we've talked about a little bit and we haven't really pursued and whether we will or not, we've we've talked about processing our own milk into our own product, but we've really been happy with the co-op that we're with. So we're not really pursuing that very quickly or maybe not at all, but it is an idea that is in our head maybe down the road. But I think that is going to take another couple to manage and run. It's not something that Chelsea and I could take on on our own, mm-hmm. but it's an idea that's there. Well, how would you envision that coming together? Um, so basically, I guess what we would probably focus on is, is fluid milk, ice cream and butter, um, cheese. There's The cheese is a whole nother facet uh, to get into. I think ultimately we would start there. And I really love the idea of home deliveries. And so whether we would actually open a retail store or if we would just do online orders and deliveries, I'm not sure. I like the idea of online deliveries and, and, and home deliveries more at first, uh, um, but ultimately a, a retail store where somebody could come in and watch what we're doing intrigues me as well. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, that's a big thing now. It's a big thing now with, you know, people having to stay home and, you know, this, this home delivery of milk is becoming a, 
I was just I was just sent a story pitch this week about this guy who's um, starting a home milking business or, or a home delivery milking business here in Pennsylvania. It's like the big thing now. They're they're back. Right, and 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 some of the reason we've been thinking about it more is is seeing how many people are interested in home deliveries. But it's kind of something that's always been in the back of our mind. But it is it's a whole nother business to get into. And and it's not something that we're really ready to tackle yet. But, um, you know, in 10 years, there might be there might be another milk or butter product on the on the market. Who knows? So I'm 13. I'm not 13 years old. I'm 40, but 41. But um, <laughs> this is just a scenario. So I'm a 13 year old kid and uh, and I come up to your farm and I have this interest in being a farmer, a dairy farmer. And, um, you know, and I ask you flat out, what are some things that I need to know about or, or what, how, how do I get prepared to get into this business? What should I do to be prepared to get into this business and what should I expect? What would you tell them? Uh, well, first of all, you've got to be willing to work an obscene amount of hours, at least for the first five or ten years. And... The other thing that really helps a lot is if you've got some family or friends that you can lean on when you need them. If, if we didn't have our family and some of my good friends and Chelsea's good friends, just, you know, not all the time, but, but like when we were moving cows from the tie stall and switching to a parlor and trying to train the entire herd to go through a parlor for the first time, it takes a lot of people and it takes a lot of help. And if you, at, at, at that age, say you're 13 years old, at, at that age, if you can start working for somebody that wants to train and teach you everything they can, just absorb everything you can. And if 4-H has uh, breeding classes and different dairy-related programs, just do everything you can. Dive into it you know, head first and do everything you possibly can to gain as much experience as possible. And if you can, and this is huge, if you can start to buy a couple of cows, a little bit of money that you've, you know, maybe you've made some money working through through middle school and high school as you're growing up. If you can buy a few cows that somebody will milk for you so your, your herd can start to grow, so you've got some equity to get started, that is huge because you've got to have just a little pot of something that when you go to a bank and say, hey, I need X dollars to get started, you've got something to show for for what you've worked for thus far. And if you can find somebody that wants to either, you know, is ready to retire or getting close to retirement that's maybe looking for the next generation or uh, a little bar that you can possibly rent and you find a milk market. If you can work the hours and take good care of your cows, it's number one, you have to take excellent care of your cows, good quality feed and, and make sure they're comfortable and they will pay you back every time. And, uh, but first and foremost, you've got to be willing to work and, if you have family to help back you up, that will make a huge difference. So is there anything that you would have done differently? Um, I think maybe the only thing 
that I would have done differently. And, and I, I really am very happy with the people that have allowed us to lease cows over the years. But it would have been a much lower cost ultimately to buy cows when we were milking a small number of cows and letting those cows grow into a larger herd than leasing the cows. Because what we've done now is, is, is so we leased originally, say we were leasing 100 cows, milking 100 cows between mine and the leased cows. Now we're milking 180 cows. We own more cows, but the couple that lease cows also owns more cows. Mm-hmm. So if we want to buy all the cows, there's a much larger number of lease cows to buy now than there was three years ago. So what would have cost us, say, $40,000 three years ago might cost us 80000 now. So it, at the short term, it was much easier on cash flow. And it was an easy solution to getting the barn full. Long term, it's going to cost us more. Um, now we have we've got a great relationship with the couple that we've leased cows from, and they've been great to work with. But ultimately, from a financial standpoint, it was not our best choice. You got to learn and you got to grow. Right. You know, it was it, it's okay. Um, but uh, you know, there's, we've definitely made mistakes going down the road. Down the road, but. Uh, you learn from um, your mistakes. You know, you learn from your mistakes, and hopefully, you grow from them, right? Right, right, right. But I would think, from a financial standpoint, that is probably the largest one we made. You know, and I think the other thing that probably we could have done a better job with is, is I should have found somebody that was really good at growing crops, and and heeded their advice early on. Um, the first couple of years, we made good feed, but it wasn't excellent feed, and we could have made much better quality feed if we had somebody that could have um, kind of pushed us to that next level. What, what was um, lacking? What was lacking? Uh, I think the biggest thing was kind of on our halogen. end. Uh, we just weren't pushing to get it up early enough and getting the quality that we needed and just not getting enough fertilizer on the hay early to get the protein levels that we should have in the, in the halogen. Uh, which ultimately, you know, we were we were buying more more protein in the in the grain mix to compensate for that. Well, in a couple months, you guys will be having your first child. Do you know what you're having? Uh, we do not. We we wanted to have a surprise, so I guess there's there's always theories as to the way the baby's carried, et cetera, whether it's going to be a boy or a girl. But I think those are just old wives' tales. So, yeah, definitely. You know, <laughs> so. It, 50-50 shot, I guess. Um, we went kind of with a color-neutral uh, bedroom, so we don't care either way. As long as the baby's happy and healthy, we we are excited either way. And you have names picked out? Uh, we do. We do. Right now, uh, it is Baby C, so we know it's going to be a C name. Just don't know which one yet. Well, Christian's a good name. That's my name. Yeah. I'll keep, we'll keep that in mind. We do have the we have the boy and girl name picked out. We just you know we just don't know which it'll be. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, and uh, good luck to you. And hopefully, hopefully the situation will get better with your dairy. And um, you know, by July we'll be slowly past this whole thing, and and hopefully uh, this pandemic will be past us soon after that. Crossing our fingers. Right. Yes, I you know I hope hope we can all kind of get back to a little bit of a new sense of normalcy, and uh, 
and to all the consumers out there that are listening, I, I really appreciate all the dairy products you eat. And uh, if you're looking for our dairy products in particular, you can look for Serrano Lactalis or Garibaldi brand name cheeses. And uh, and that would support our our dairy, and we thank you very much. And we wish Lyman and Chelsea Rogers the best of luck with their soon-to-be newborn baby. For more information on Rogers Registered Jerseys, you can look them up on Facebook. And for more information on Sorrento Cheese and Lactalis, you can go to www.lactalisculinary.com. I'm Chris Torres. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.